0: Purchase What are you doing
1: here Stephen Gonville
0: Toast Well 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 I heard you're the most Homophobic actor In all of London What is this Gay for pay Don't like the sound Of two grown men Kissing toast Don't see what the fuck It's got to do with you uh, The client specified He would very much Like you to pronounce it Underpantsy
1: let's, let's Let's not do this we'll do we be here all night Do we
0: have to do Anything but this Yes Okay
1: Yes Welcome! Ah. Do you
0: know what's really interesting? Uh, YouTube is not the is primary it? way our listeners engage with this podcast. Based on our analytics, they listen to it through SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So hello, listeners. Um, YouTube is just an option that's out there. From time to time, we get a bit of a spike on YouTube from people who obviously like just found it randomly. Mm. But... Uh, Recently, we did an episode where the headline, like the title, and the thumbnail had Stephen Toast in it. Not exactly something you'd expect from a pop culture podcast necessarily in this climate. I thought, do you know what? This one's going to underperform. It has not underperformed. Do you know which one did underperform on
1: YouTube? The Moon Knight themed episode. Well, no one's ready for a Moon Knight. No. Or, maybe, Matt
0: Berry should have played Moon Knight. (laughs) Ooh. He could use all one of his different character voices. <laughs> I'm Stevie. I'm Mark Spector, and I'm the fucking Moon Knight. It's <laughs> like the same. Oh my god! Yeah, they're all different people. <laughs> I'm an Egyptian god, and you'll listen to what I have to say.
1: You and he were buddies, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Now you listen here, kingpin of crime. You
0: get your shit together and pack the fuck up. Um, hi, welcome to Big Damn Cast. Um, Honest, it
1: is, it is. Nerdy
0: news, geeky gossip stuff that's fit to fill the time very briefly on your tiny commute if your Bluetooth headphones don't phase out. Yep, it's true. Uh, I've, you know, I've recently switched to wireless... Well, I've had wireless Bluetooth headphones before, but I had cans. Mm. I've recently switched to inner ears. Mm. Um, uh, JVCs. And they... J- JCB, They're on your head. Bit th- heavy, it. They're five. I'm Luke. I'm five. And my dad's Bruce Lee. All right? I, can, <laughs> I can handle it. JCB... That was a number one. Um, Back in the J... I when I walk when I when I walk locally in the local, local area yeah. around these parts yes. uh, I walk past there's a you know there's a war memorial that's on my there on is my a, commute, There is a
1: war memorial into the
0: center of our village yeah. and there's a there's a there's a, a shortcut by a by a, a not quite graveyard near the supermarkets uh not, yeah, it's well, not quite a graveyard
1: it's memorial stones down but it's a graveyard and and then you're told People to not walk on
0: them. the stones but
1: you know, not like to walk dogs all...
0: on the stones. It's this little sign. What?
1: But there's, there's, it's the path. Yeah. The, the stones are the path. Yep. Yeah. But as, I, as
0: I walk through both of those parts of my commute to the supermarket, yeah. the headphones stop working.
1: They, they they blink in and out and they disappear. Ah, but you've only... entered the Swinton Triangle. <laughs> Part of the greatest sulphur anomaly. <laughs> Tied to
0: tied to the Walkden Abyss Mm. Um, and twinned with the I don't know the fucking Eccles Well I don't know similar to the Slough Hole oh no (laughs) and the Surrey Slurry and Um, Scunthorpe Abyss just Scunthorpe (laughs) just just Scunthorpe um But it's weird because it's like, is that a signal thing? Are there things in those two areas that would interfere with a Bluetooth device? Well, when perhaps? I'm in
1: town and I've got my Bluetooth cans on, sometimes they're uh, cutting in and out because there's just so much Bluetooth so, and so many wireless signals True. flying through the air. So maybe I'm just sort
0: of... Because I, I know there's a lot of offices around the the, mem- in the memorial stone bit. That's what maybe, they call ourselves. But maybe there's just a lot of, a lot of shit going on. Well, the, 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 we, we've got a lot of signal pollution solution mm. the solution would be to just all go analog again folks uh, yeah, if you're listening to the show so if you listen to the show and you have a spare sony walkman cassette player to yes. hand send it in get in touch why? with us via the patreon just patreon.com yeah why not <laughs> i i think i own one cassette now and it's over there and it's a novelty 2014 guardians of the galaxy copy of awesome mix volume one
1: i've still got a cassette copy of the Nightfall audio drama lying around.
0: Really? Yes. I had it on iTunes and then it moved to the audiobooks, the audiobooks part of the book app when yeah. when iTunes got split into a million different apps and became Apple Music. And now it's not on there and whenever I go into the Apple store I can't find it. And it's infuriating right, because mate. that's right. one of my favourite things. So what I'm basically saying is I'm going to have to borrow that cassette. <laughs> So I can listen to that guy who the the voice is being Like
1: this, I will lift you up, yeah, and I will break you. I, I'm not gonna lie; it's not my favourite adaptation. I do enjoy it though. Um, I but... do
0: enjoy it, and I remember I, I was like, it's, it's been it's been like um, adapted for audio by Dirk Maggs who directs. Yes, it. yes. And that was the first time I'd come into contact with his name. And it, again, if Dirk Maggs is listening to this, which he isn't, massive respect. Incredible work. Man. all the stuff you've done with Audible, BBC Radio over yeah. the years, Hitchhiker's Guide stuff. Prolific voice director and, and producer of yeah. audio content. Absolutely prolific. Man knows his stuff and no one has a bad word to say about him in that sphere. But I looked him up when I first heard Nightfall around 2011. Yeah. Uh, And I saw a picture of him and I was like, God, he must be been doing this for a while because I saw a picture that I presumed was from the early to mid 80s. Yes. And that's just what he looks like. <laughs> he has like bleach blonde, like Jareth the Goblin King yes. hair, and a big dark mustache all the time. So it looks an like he sort of looks like a uh, the Joe Exotic that's going to heaven, not hell. Oh, okay, if that makes any sense. Um, again, prolific man. This is not an insult. I just was very shocked by what I saw because I was used to sound engineers looking. Uh, just a little bit bored at listening to me go on before actually saying hi everyone welcome we're at the title sequence it's like a moffat era doctor who episode yeah we're finally there seven odd minutes in
1: yeah i'm chris gonville johnson and i'm just examining this patch of dry skin on my on my right knuckle where'd you get that from you've been punching someone i don't know why it's just that that particular bit of skin is just caking up (laughs) well that's
0: that is an indicator of what the pop culture news has been like this week yes Coming up, a couple of news stories, uh, and a couple of news stories. Yeah, one that'll make you go, "Oh, interesting development." One that make you go, "Oh, robot cat," and one that make you go, "What fucking why? Bro-cat. Why?" Then we're going to talk about the book of Boba Fett episode, where the fuck is Boba Fett? There's well, oh, there he is, and we've left Boba Fett again. Ah, um,
1: uh, Boba Fett, where?
0: What was, it called? what was it called? The Stranger from Out of Town? or uh, The Stranger Came In from the Horizon? The Stranger Came Into Town, I
1: think it is. Okay.
0: Which, again, I spent the whole thing being like, oh, they're using a Western thing to sort of recontext- recontextualise a Western trope. And how? And then at the end it was like, no, it's literally a Western thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Going anyway. back to its roots. <laughs> Spoiler. And then as soon as the credits rolled, director Dave Filoni was like, Oh Of fucking course. Love that, um, <laughs> Love that for you. Love that for you yes. Dale. Plus some info on how you can support the pod and all that nonsense at the um, end. But first, no. Mayhew. No. Nope. Cool. Bye, everyone. Anything you want to bring up this week, pop culture What have you been binging? What have you been bingeing? What we've been
1: soaking in? I've not been doing anything. I've just been sort of levitating in ah, a void, time. A, a black void. Um, <laughs> things that I have. No. Oh, I tell you what, I did watch. Yes. I watched the trailer.
0: What trailer is that? I he says. A trailer. It's not oh. the
1: one you you were expecting. Oh, it's not Segway. Good. I watched good. A trailer good. Trailer for the Sky original adaptation of John, Wyndham, John Wyndham's *The Midwich Cuckoos*, previously adapted as *Children of the Damned* and *Village of the Damned*. Yeah,
0: but they're going for the Midwich Cuckoos. Midwich Cuckoos. The... Okay, mm-hmm. and you do realize so many reviews
1: and people going, it's just a rip off of *Children of the Damned*. And yes. <laughs> um, no, no golden eyes and blonde hair in this one though for the kids. Um, golden. Hair and blonde eyes. Yeah, just not... Just just not blonde eyes? Right, They have all got the same haircut, though. <laughs> oh, OK. It's, we'll have a watch of it after this part. It's, it's okay. quite, it looks quite good. It looks quite creepy. TV movie or limited series? Yeah, I, I believe it's a limited series. OK. I see what you're putting down, and I'll pick it up, yes. sir. For those who don't know what The Midwich Cuckoo's is, it's a John Wyndham novel. All the women in a small town in uh, like rural England just fall unconscious, and then they wake up the next morning and they're all pregnant and they all end up giving birth at the same time and the kids go really quickly and they're like scary intelligent and maybe they're sinister and ooh, ooh, ooh it's good
0: i mean for Christ's sake the adaptation's called children of the damned if yeah. that doesn't say what it does on the tin yeah does what it says on the tin well is it in a tin you probably get
1: a steel book of it at this point. Yeah, probably. A24. Well, probably, A24 probably Well, there's two, because it. John Carpenter did Village of the Damned. Mm.
0: Oh, yes. With, with
1: Christopher Reeve. Are they connected? Hang on, wait. Is, are they
0: connected, or is Village of the Damned a, another adaptation? It's another adaptation. So, Children of the Damned, so, Village of the Damned, and the original novel is The Midwich Cuckoos, which is finally the title of the most
1: recent upcoming adaptation. Yes. Okay. V- Village of the Damned with Christopher Reeve and Kirsty Alley. Yes. Oh, I'm Meredith Salinger. I'm Mark Hamill.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's the preacher, isn't he? He's the the vicar. Yeah, yeah. And yet. Um, oh God, I've seen that one. Yes, that's the John. Oh shit! One. I was thinking, it was, was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, both wait, Village is... of the Damned.
1: Yeah, because mm,
0: yeah, Reeves the lead in it, isn't he? He's like, he's like the, yes. the the dad and the is uh, is he? Mm, hang on, is he a teacher or a he, doctor? He's a doctor. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah, I've then, seen it. Oh my God. The, the, the Village of the Damned is in nineteen sixty one. It was really sad. I was like, "He's a doctor, isn't he? He's a doctor who like they using replacing the incumbent one." And then I realised, no, I'm just describing arachnophobia now. Yes, <laughs> like that's the plot of yes. arachnophobia, which is, I mean, I guess it's tiny scary things
1: terrorising a small rural town. Yes, <laughs> not quite the exact same, but yeah, I'll take it. Now you've got the so you've got the 1961, which is Village of the Damned. <laughs> yes. With George Sanders. Yes. Then you've got the 1964. Oh, God, George the Sanders. Yeah. He was a fascinating and bizarre individual. George Sanders. Yeah.
0: Not being flippant here, like, trigger warning for anyone who's uncomfortable about the notion of people ending their life. Um, But I'll keep it very brief and, and, you know, non-specific. George Sanders left an eloquent suicide note Mm. that basically described him being very bored and upset and knowing that no one around him could sort it but that was fine because the boredom outweighed the depression <sighs> he's like i've got nothing more that i can do really um i don't want to waste anyone's time uh don't feel bad for me i actually would prefer to get off of here because it's dull as dishwater by everyone and it's just like wait hang on is that him being sad sad sort of sardonic to try and comfort everyone or something do you know what i mean
1: or is, or it is he true, legit? Just like, like true bitterness, yeah. Yeah,
0: like what a straight. <laughs>
1: like
0: year prior, it was Share the Tiger. Mm. Um... <laughs> so truly, he did have nothing left to give. Um... He's like, That's it. I've done it. I've done it. I've, done it. I've, do... I've got. I've done the bravo, bravo. Is that like, I've got nothing more to give to this world, and nothing more could bring me joy. I've played an evil. Ti-. Didn't even get to watch the movie. No, he played Mister Freeze. He was like the second Mister Freeze. Of course. It was him, Otto Preminger. Of course. And someone else, yeah. Oh. <laughs> How weird. That is um, very weird. It's very strange. Yeah, well, back when Mr. Freeze was Mr. Zero, but they went, no, don't call him that in the show. People won't understand what that means. Call him Mr. Freeze. Yes. Um, do you know what I've been absorbing into my holes this week? What? Via the love, lovely, Uh, not sponsored, but if they'd like to, please fucking do, uh, subscription service Marvel Unlimited. Ooh, yeah, what have you been reading? I have... Uh, Finally finishing expenses run on Spider Man. Yes. Fucking hated it.
1: Oh no! I hated
0: it. There was like two good storylines at the beginning for for me. Again, those you know, Miles may very good. Yeah, P- I didn't read that
1: far in. I I got toward to, the beginning. It was yeah. kind of
0: like a new voice, feels different. Yeah. Okay, the illustrations were great as well. I did like I did like the artists he collaborated with. He fell back on Mark Bagley a lot though. Yes. During the middle of his run, which was beautiful because Mark Bagley can just can do no wrong in my eyes as an illustrator. I absolutely adore Mark Bagley. Um... Like John Amita Jr, you can sort of look over 30 years of career and see the evolution of their style and what Uh. things have stayed the same, what things have changed. Um, But the kindred thing is in a mystery that starts out wonderfully and just turns to utter bullshit halfway through his run and then sticks around like a bad fucking smell. It's... Shite. It's just, again, opinion. You Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. If someone's listening to this is like, I enjoyed it. Great. I wish I did too. I'm so sorry. Um, and Beyond has started on the app now because obviously the app's three months behind. Yeah. Um, which is like an interim with a couple different writers and illustrators working on this story before the new team fully moves in. Um, as of right now in the real world, like now. I think the next issue is, like, number one again. Mm. John um, Heater Jr., yeah? <clears throat> Yes, John Heater Jr. back on Illustration by that point. Yeah. At this point, he's not. Um, I, I sort of tried to fill in the gaps a bit with Ben Riley, so I went back and read the Scarlet Spider series mm. that followed the events of uh, The Clone Island. Conspiracy.
1: Oh, no, after that, okay.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um, <clears throat> which in itself didn't help out with where Kane was, because there's a whole big gap after Spider Island. There's the Scarlet Spider series about Kane. And then... He shows up in uh, eight hundred, yeah, and then there's some stuff I don't know, which I think is tied into like either Midnight Suns or Thunderbolts or something. I don't know where the fuck he goes, but then he comes into the Scarlet Spider series called Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, which is a brilliant, weird, nasty little series. Oh, it's horrible. Ooh. Um and it's meant to be because this is the post Jackal Ben Riley. Yeah, who is like. No, I just I'm gonna play. I'm gonna stay on the down low, but I'm also a sinister son of a bitch. But this series really goes into why. Mm. Like, if you've been resurrected several times only to be murdered and experimented on to be resurrected again, and you were essentially the twenty eighth Ben Riley, where you had the memories of every time you'd been murdered and experimented on,
1: you'd you'd be a bit twisted. I'd be pissed. Yeah.
0: By the end yeah. of it, he's sort of given an olive branch that suggests you could do more, which is. Ties into Spider-Geddon, which I've now finally read, mm-hmm. where they look into that a bit and the idea of him being like, maybe I should not be a dickhead, um, which ties into Beyond. It's fine. But the thing I'm reading that I've been really enjoying is I'm finally properly going through Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. A mm. couple of years behind, I'm up to Empire, mm. uh, which so far I'm reading all the tie-ins. I think that's
1: as far as I got.
0: Oh I my just, God, the point it. of origin story oh my so again no spoilers but the basic summary for those who are like i've never read a fantastic four thing but i know the basics about them yeah give this one a read yeah. point of or it's trade paperback with these five issues in. it's yeah. out there point of origin so they go to the opening of like a science museum in a uh, new science wing at the smithsonian yeah and the marvel one which is the rocket they went up into the atmosphere yeah. with in the original fantastic four story um, has been lovingly restored as a you know museum piece Yeah. and basically Reed gets super nostalgic or Reed and Johnny get super nostalgic over it yep. so he's just sort of like isn't it weird to think like how different our lives would be and Ben's like yeah how fucking different our li- our lives would yeah. be <sighs> uh, but he's happy at the minute he's in the like post wedding yeah, with he's, him and he's, Alicia he's married Alicia first great idea as part of the exhibit is the black box uh, from the Marvel 1 uh, And you can listen to it. So Ben presses the button and of course instantly regrets it because it's just like the sounds of them waking up in the wreckage. Mm. Well, it's the sounds of them being hit by the cosmic rays and then Mm. the sounds of the wreckage. And of course, like, even though he's the ever-loving blue-eyed thing and he loves himself by this point, he's very confident in himself, he still has doubts. He has that thing, that that sort of cure that's on the go where once a year for like a five, six-hour window... It's it's a week. It's like, like, ah, well, I guess accelerated Uh, just before this... With the puppet master revenge at the uh, okay. with with big green meaning cool um, cool which was so good um, it was so fucking violent um, yeah so so uh, for like once a year he'll briefly turn human again yes um uh, but apart from that he's still kind of you know he's he's confident he's comfortable in his own skin but that little reminder of his humanity the fact that it's cut short so much in this story yeah oh no that's it it is a week. But at the end of the story, prior to this, he ends up knocked out for a week. Yeah. So he misses the entire time he's human. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. So he's already feeling bad about that. The idea of, like, revisiting the reason why he's the way he is Mm. is a sore thing. So when Reed and Johnny are like, do you know what? We never finished that mission. Like, there was a point out there that we were going to fly to to investigate. We never got there. Let's build the Marvel 2. Why the fuck not? Let's do it.
1: Because it went so well the first time.
0: Johnny Reed and Sue a little bit get into, like, just essentially building an improved version of the original rocket. Like, they're not going to go all out. They're not going to... Because the kids, like, Franklin and Val are like, we travel through different dimensions all the time. we've done this. Us four spent five years on the edge of existence recreating the universe. Like... Why do you want to build an old school rocket? To just go to somewhere we could probably we could ask a friend to teleport us there. Yeah. Like and they were like, that's not the point. It's like, we never finished it. Why not do it this way? Like, it just so we can finally say that we did that original mission. Yeah. And Ben's like, no, fuck no, fuck no, no. And then Alicia kind of sways him round a bit. So when he goes to the ship to be like, okay. Maybe I'll go. They're like, yep, yeah, your chair's been built, your suit's in there. Yeah, there <laughs> He's go. like, oh,
1: okay, fine.
0: So already, great idea for a story. They're well, gonna Stretch they're gonna was redo. Not gonna let him go, was exactly. They're gonna redo their original mission. Obviously, no cut co- like the hull this time, because that was the thing, wasn't it? The hull wasn't strong enough to withstand the cosmic mm-hmm. rays. That's why they crashed and that's why they've mutated and got their powers. So it reads like the hull is like that's the only really improvement we've made. The basic guidance system's been improved and the hull is so impenetrable now. We will be fine. Even if we hit another cosmic storm, we'll be fine.
1: They've built spacecraft before anyway, since cut, the Marvel
0: one. Cut to part two of the Uh-oh. story. Uh-oh. Suddenly, the continuity page is about... Um, oh, what are they called? It's about a... Uh, the a, Oh, that's it, yeah. It's about a group of superheroes called the Unparalleled, who exist on this planet just outside of our solar system. Um who all have wonderful ab- abilities that have been given to them by the Overseer who's like sort of the leader of the planet who guides everybody and keeps them like prosperous yes, keeps them safe from Lowtown where these horrible mutated aberrations hang out oh, they always in Lowtown occasionally climb up to, to the main citadel and the superheroes have to leap in and deal with it um, suddenly a, a prophecy they were always trying to prepare for starts to come true the foretold are returning uh, to their world and they have to be ready because this time they won't be able to stop them in the atmosphere. Uh, we basically learn that there's a planet out there that has been shit scared since the the Fantastic Four initially hit that cosmic storm. That uh, invaders were coming to rain on their world. And now they've, they've their instruments are telling them that the same four individuals are in a new craft and headed toward their world again so again great idea because you're like oh my god that's a really cool idea like this thing is again no spoilers and there's loads more to it like just wait till you meet sky but hmm 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 the cosmic rays might not have been an accident hmm. Hmm. which means someone's got to answer for what they've done to their lives yes Yes. And this, the moment that started to crop up, I was like, oh, this is a story that has sat in someone's. Maybe it's Dan Slots, maybe it's the editor. Like, is it Tom Breivort's the editor on Fantastic Four? Maybe. Like, it sat in someone's imagination for years, this story. The idea of. Yes. What if they didn't just fly into a random cosmic storm? What if it was somewhere trying to defend itself from invaders? Oh, my God, it's so good. It is so, so good. And it really showcases the best of what the four can be like. And yes. So, again, if anyone out there is like, ah, oh, I want to read a bit of Fantastic Four, don't know where to start. Uh, if you know the basics, Point of Origin. Pick it the heck up. Yes. So good.
1: Okay. <clears throat> wow. Do you know what else uh, was good? So many things, but it depends where
0: you want to... Mm, Warner Brothers to strategy it. at the end of 2020 for releasing films in twenty twenty. It m.
1: was good for the consumer.
0: It was. We were in a pandemic. Well, we still are in a pandemic. I'm yes. sorry, everybody, to burst your bubble. Yes. We still are. But, um, you know, we, we were in a pandemic at the end of 2020. Chances of theatres being open weren't certain. Like, things were starting to open here and there, but the cinema wasn't back in full force as of yet. In America, though, there'd been trial runs, there'd been little patches, certain states had opened up a little bit more and load restrictions and then gone back into lockdowns early 2021. But either way, Warner Brothers had a plan. Warner Brothers were to release all of their major tentpole 2021 releases simultaneously via cinematic exhibition where safe and available. Yes. And on the new streaming platform, HBO Max. As an incentive for people to buy HBO Max... And also as an incentive for those who didn't feel safe going out or couldn't to buy HBO Max. Be like, well, I'm going to get to see a new film anyway. I'm going to get to watch it anyway. I'm not paying any extra. I've just gotten it on this service. Um, Great for Warner Brothers. Great Mm. for safety, especially during the first half of 2021. Great Mm. for people's safety. Not anywhere else around the world. Only a few countries got HBO Max last year. But good. Great. Fine. Fantastic. Wow. Pat on the back. Yeah. Toward the end of the year... Less people were subscribing new to these services.
1: Almost like there's too many streaming services out there and people have to pick and choose which ones to stick with, dependent on the content that's available on the
0: service. But also because people were starting to go to the cinema again. What? Drip, 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 drip here and there. Some Warner Brothers releases got simultaneous releases as planned. Mm-hmm. Some were made completely digital exclusive. Um, others, like Dune... Fought tooth and nail to make sure they had a double option Um, because it's Denis Villeneuve, wasn't it? Denny Villeneuve wanted to made a big point of being like, yeah, this is this is ruined what the film could have made. Well, Village Roadshow Productions uh, are so adamant that their big Christmas tentpole release was affected by the dual release uh, on HBO Max and cinemas um, that they're suing Warner Brothers. Nice. This is kind of mad. Village have made a shitload of films with Warners as a distributor over the last few decades. Yep. Um, And the film in question was, regardless of critical reception, a surefire hit were a cinema-only release. Um, no. I'd see. I, The Matrix Resurrections.
1: No. I'll tell you for how and I'll tell you for why. Okay. One. Yeah. It's a sequel to a film that came out over 20 years ago. Yes. And two... It wasn't great.
0: No, but again, ignoring critical... Because it's pre-critical. <sighs> yeah, but... Like, if, if if you knew it was going to be exclusively in cinemas, and they had peppered couple trailers, like one, in, yeah, one in August, one in October, or whatever, and you knew that at Christmas time, there was going to be at least three brand new movies you could go and watch... That would be like tentpole ones, mm. which would have been Spider Man No Way Home, mm. West Side Story, mm. and Matrix Revolutions mm. and Matrix Resurrections. That's th- those three are gonna make money. They're gonna make some bank, and also, we saw how how thirsty people got when a certain film that came out at Christmas relied on the nostalgia from a film that came out twenty right. years ago even if it was a third of the movie. However, I <laughs> would
1: argue that word of mouth can kill a film's box office
0: pretty oh, absolutely. fucking yeah. quickly. <clears throat> absolutely, which is why like a week before Spider-Man might have been a better bet. Yeah.
1: But, 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 I like big butts. I cannot I'm not You
0: other brothers cannot deny one's love of the butts. Um, <laughs> the Matrix Resurrection has definitely made a big loss. Yes. Theatrically. Yes. Um, in a way that based on the successes and non-successes of the hbo same hbo max same day release throughout 2021 appears to be part of a trend early in the year things like uh, godzilla vs. kong yes did really well yes in terms of people who streamed it yes people who went to see it theatrically if they could people who pre-ordered like a physical or digital copy for their like 4k digital libraries or whatever like they it, it did well because Godzilla vs Kong was really good, mm. bless your eyes. <laughs> uh, it was really good. I but,
1: really liked but it. But I
0: mean, that was the first sign that this might work. Into the summer, films like The Suicide Squad didn't do as well as like they could have done if it was exclusively theatrical, but did really well mm. enough that it was like, okay, we're all right. Restrictions lesson, We're into the the you know <coughs> final quarter of the year. Matrix Resurrections is a cross-platform release. It does not do well. Maybe, word of mouth, or just people deciding, I'm going to go to the cinema once, because I'm not sure about, like, going still. People were picking, choosing what they went to see, and based on the numbers, it's clear what everyone chose to see as preference over any of the other releases. There but you go. You know, point is, if it had been theatrical only, it definitely would have made more money.
1: Well, this is the thing. Yeah. I...
0: This is not- and, and that's the basis of, of the, the lawsuit that uh, Village Roadshow uh, Productions, Village Roadshow Entertainment is putting forward to Warner Brothers. They're saying, we lost out and will continue to lose out on this franchise because you went and continued a model that was clearly dated and not working financially by the middle of 2021 that you should have abandoned. They're essentially saying, you doomed us by keeping us to this model that was
1: not making anyone any money. That being said, mm. I do think the idea of cinema exclusivity doesn't need to be revisited. Mm. So, <clears throat> I'm not... I mean, again, early in the year, cannot deny, the idea of,
0: of limiting things or making them only available where they could be available was a great idea because, like, to discourage people from getting together in mass gatherings yeah. was key early 2021. Yeah. And even now, I'm like... People, unless you're spaced out in that room, and unless you're taking a big swig of your drink, keep your fucking mask on. Let me tell you about... If there's like 10 of you in a 150 seat screen and you're all spread out, fine. You do you, you do what you deem is fine for you and what is right for you and what makes you feel safe and makes you feel that the people around you are safe.
1: But if it's a packed cinema, keep your fucking masks on. Let me tell you about this man called Boris. He <laughs> decided that we he, he needed to have a party. Back when there were rules against having parties, I so here's the thing. Yes, (laughs) Village Roadshow could have made more off the Matrix Resurrections Mm -hmm. if it had been cinema exclusive. However, make a better film. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't hate Matrix Resurrections by any stretch of the imagination. It was fine. Yeah. Oh, it's a dangerous
0: word. You look at. It's a dangerous word nowadays. You look at. You, you know. Get dragged for something it fine.
1: It's fine. Uh, you, <laughs> you look at but, fine. Who fans are still feeling the, still feeling the tremors. But you um, <laughs> compare it to the other sort of nostalgia-driven blockbuster that was out at the same time. Yeah. One of them is nostalgia-driven, but also a very good film. <clears throat>
0: not best the picture one. worthy well no which which never was going to be i'm no. sorry
1: it's like what did you expect i loved
0: no way home but it was never going to be nominated no. for best picture the fuck is wrong with you all yeah. like
1: calm down and um it. and <laughs> one of them is you know the other nostalgia driven one was fine like there's some really neat ideas in um matrix resurrections it also Hits you over the head with the with the sort of fourth no, wall breaking. To this is a seek This is a. Do you a remember this from thing, the old the one? Sea, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The, it's about. So, have you seen Major Crimes?
0: No, but I know. I know enough. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the, the basic plot is the the the, the 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 stencil kit for the first movie yeah. is brought out and is and is used as a see. Things are repeating, as well as the in-film narrative of the Matrix narrative
1: of he created three games yes. called The Matrix. And now he's being made to by Warner Brothers, call out yeah. my name, to Our make another company, one. Warner
0: Brothers, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, which in itself is either an incredibly clever Joe Dante Gremlins 2-esque commentary from Lana Wachowski about, look, the studio were going to do this no matter what. That is basically I am gonna make a movie about how I'm being made to make this movie. That's the
1: exact conversation that they have in the film.
0: And I'm going to and I'm going to focus my as a director, the thing I'm going to focus on and have fun with and actually put time and effort into is a love story, which is nothing to do really with the previous three that you're all expecting this one to be about. Like it just to be about the romance. And I'm going to spend the rest of it complaining about the fact that I have to make this fucking movie. Yeah. Or. It's trying to be that, and it's just really boring cut and... Do you you know what? I I saw one description online that I thought... I'll run it by you. Let me know if this sums it up. It's the shining sequence from Ready Player One, but feature length.
1: It's not that bad.
0: Oh, no, not in terms of quality, but it's like you're just seeing all the things you recognise happen while some characters go, oh, yeah, this bit. Oh, yeah, this bit, I guess.
1: All right, there is is a moment that parallels uh, a moment from the first film... While the mo- that said moment from the first film is literally being projected onto the characters as they are doing is, it in a big fucking theater. Is it? Is it the
0: bit where like Morpheus basically reintroduces himself to him and he's like, "Yes, yeah. you can." Yeah, I've seen that in the trailer. Yeah. 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 It's 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 been it's yeah. Hey, at least they stuck to the guns of the canon of an early 2000s online MMO game. Because Lawrence Fishburne was like. I don't understand why I've not been asked back for this. Now that when the knowledge, when it was public knowledge that one of the characters was Morpheus, it's like, yeah, but you're dead though. It's not that (laughs) the the MMO game from the mid two thousands killed
1: Morpheus off after the events of the third movie. It's not that they hold it as canon; it's that they don't (laughs) contradict it.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So, but here's the thing, right? Um, (laughs) So yeah, Villaggio could have made a better movie however yes however this is more a question of the way that distribution is changing and needs to change because people want films to be more accessible yes. and if you look at how quickly the gap has shortened or not how quickly but how it's accelerated the shortening of the gap between theatrical and home release since the advent of DVD mm. Yeah, see, back in the early days of VHS, you were waiting, what, a year?
0: Yeah, oh God, it. Used to be a year, oh, and, a half? A year and a bit. Yeah, a year and uh, until, it, until it came
1: to home release, and then that got shorter with DVD, and continued to get shorter and shorter and shorter. All the and then it got really, shorter with Blu-ray. That's really
0: weird. Like last night, In Soho came out in UK cinemas in late November. Mm. I have it on Blu-ray. Mm. Like I bought it last week. Exactly. I own it on Blu-ray. Spider-Man: No Way Home came out in mid-December. It's not out on Blu-ray until June. Yeah. <laughs> like so what, people, what's
1: the deal there why is there such a big window for that one no, people want convenience in the way that they consume my um in, consume my in the, the way that they consume media <laughs> so you kind of have to give them that and you know Warner Brothers gate making things available on HBO Max in principle is that is you know a step in the right direction what they've got to work out is making sure that the people who've done that work get reimbursed for it properly and i think yes. that's and it's a similar thing to the way that studio, like game studios, are uh, uh, reimbursed for stu- their stuff being on Game Pass or on PlayStation Plus, or yes, and I yeah. I think it's something that's what needs to be reevaluated. Not the not the concept of something getting a home release at the same time as a cinema release. People will watch the film. Yeah, and a lot of the people who were, to be fair, I reckon and this is just a guess. But I would hazard a guess that a lot of people who watched it at home on HBO Max are people who would have pirated it because they don't want to go to the cinema. But instead they pony up for HBO Max and watch it there. So they're getting some money at least. So I think... I mean I imagine it'd be cheaper to watch it on HBO Max as well because yeah. unlike the Disney Premier Access model it's free. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And you know Premier Access is not it's too expensive, mm-hmm. but in theory, it's not a bad idea. If it was cheaper, I'd be alright. It's with
0: not it. expensive if you're a family of five, and
1: it's yeah. like it, you know what
0: I mean. Like you want to go and take the kids to see the live action Mulan, but we're in a pandemic, and it's gonna cost you like forty quid to go to the, like yeah. get all your tickets. Oh look, it's available on here for twenty five quid. Yeah, Or if right, you're like, like a single person
1: it. or an adult couple or whatever, like yeah. It's, um,
0: Oh, I mean, maybe that's part of the reevaluation. You make it so that these films, if they are same day release or near to same day release on the streaming service, you make it so they're a separate purchase for a certain amount of time, but you lower that price. Yeah. Like, if, if, if for example, um, <clears throat> like, I have no desire to go out of my way to see Death on the Nile, but the morbid, Hell no. the got morbid, a in it. the morbid curiosity in me because of how many of its cast members have since revealed themselves to basically be dickheads weirdos or potential cannibals. I'm like and and I I kind of enjoyed the execution of Orient Mode on Orion Express. So I'm sort of like I'm curious because this this has been put back like 2 years yeah. as well. So I'm like okay, but I I'm not going to make the cinema trip to see it. But if you said to me, "Oh yeah, it's going to be on Now TV same day as cinema release for a fiver." Mm. You can rent it for one... one, one, Because that's the thing as well. One screening for a fiver. I'll go,
1: yeah, all right, I'll do that. Why not? And, you know, that's... uh, that's, You're still getting money for it. And I think the problem is, is so much of that money is... So much of the money that goes towards the people who have made a movie, (coughs) so much of it is eaten up on the back end by production companies and distribution companies and lawyers and the cinema chain and this fucking producer and that producer and, da, 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 and it needs to be streamlined yeah I mean there is that is the thing where is that the, the sort of what many actors have, have, and producers sort of said is make sure you're getting points on the gross not on the net of, mm-hmm. a, of a film because if you're getting points on the net after they've done all the deductions and stuff that studio is going to find ways to make that money disappear and go to someone else before they have to mm. pay you out um, oh we have to put that over here Oh, that? No, you yeah. must have
0: miscalculated.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's
0: loads of... Exactly. Yo, oh, it's so shady as that's thought. what
1: needs fixing. Not the idea that you can do a simultaneous home and cinema release, because you absolutely can't. Uh, the cinema experience needs to get better. Um, and it's yeah, not going to get is... better because it's an industry that no one wants to invest in. And it's an industry yeah, I was going no yeah, to say, in. it's not down to the companies themselves, yeah. per se. It's it's the margins it's... And rays are razor-fucking-thin. Yeah. Um, and there's no for for many reasons the like the studios with their ridiculous licensing costs the various property companies with their ridiculous rental costs mm. like uh, and yeah yeah it's a lot needs to change the cinema industry is is failing because of its inability to pro- pro- produce a you know a, a, an experience that you want, like I don't I like the experience of sitting down in a dark room with a big screen and watching a film, mm-hmm. but really now it's something that something I can get at home. It's part of the reason why we've yeah. designed the living room the way we have the, the and, work we're doing on it now, is so that we can basically
0: have a more of a cinematic yeah, vibe to it, when exactly. we have movie nights or play you know big and, video games and, and do it
1: at home without a bunch of dickheads in the front row, snapchatting or oh, it be yeah. or it'd being 15 quid to get in, or like or it,
0: learning who in the movie
1: uh, screen is potentially going to be a future murderer, yeah,
0: yeah. Those kids laughing at joker yeah oh good just Lord. Like that was it... one of the creepiest experiences of my life <laughs> it was so watching the whole film going i'm really not enjoying this and also they are disturbingly invested yeah. in the bits that you are not meant to be laughing at
1: yeah it's 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's a worrying
0: thing so and i feel bad for everyone who like for everyone on the ground who like works in the cinemas christ like, yeah i mean it's not by the them. employees fault yeah. it's the company's fault <clears throat> yeah i i feel bad for like the individual managers of different regional like you know departments Well, yeah, thing, it goes straight not. to
1: the top, doesn't it? That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where the problem is. Like
0: the issue, the issue's up It's a structural, <clears> it's a systemic issue. All the movie studios very much could have come forward in twenty twenty when there was the initial discussions of that. Like, how the hell are the yeah. theaters going to survive? All the big studios, you you then Foxes, you know, your Disney, your, uh, your Warner Brothers, especially with fucking Comcast and Viacom mm-hmm. and all the companies behind them, AT They all could have come forward and been like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're each gonna pull as little as." Yeah. And it's as a weird sentence to pre- preface with as little as, yeah. but for them, as little as a billion dollars each
1: into the theatre industry. Well, that's the thing. It, it benefits them to get rid of the theatre industry. Yeah. Because yeah. then they have less people to share out the profits to. Yeah. Because you can be damn sure that movies aren't going to be cheaper to rent directly to home than they are to be going to, be go to the cinema. It's just more of that is going direct to the distributor. Do you not think? The, not the studio. <clears throat> Do you think it's going to get to the point? I'm talking like ten years down the
0: line. Yeah. Where the big cinema chains maybe as companies still exist, but they're part of software or home distribution instead. And then they have to. And they probably own maybe like five major sites around the country. And that and that becomes the niche thing. The niche thing is like, oh, we're going we're going to watch Thingy on the big screen tonight. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And and it becomes a thing where it's like. 30 quid to go and sit in a really well looked at like we're talking, you know, like in everything. They, they I mean, even plusher, yeah, even plusher, like they make a really big thing out of it. It becomes like a thing, or like a film will, a a successful streaming film, yeah, will tour instead, and you'll have like arena screenings of it. No, back
1: on the old fucking uh, late 30s, early 40s touring cycle. Like, possibly everything's w- cyclical isn't it
0: w- yeah which in turn would eventually resurrect the cinema industry yeah. because people would go do you know what I actually prefer yeah. watching it on a big screen Probably. away from my
1: house it would not surprise it it's me it's That's mad it's mad
0: but the reason I wanted to bring this up is because it was interesting that like they're going we got screwed over and you can't say that it's because of circumstances because you had business projections throughout the year you could have changed this it's incredibly similar to the case from early last year uh, sorry late last year of Scarlett Johansson yeah, um, pursuing a lawsuit for after Disney um, for her not earning anywhere near as much as she should have earned on Black Widow because of how they chose to distribute it
1: against the initial contract. And again, that's because they chose not <clears throat> to amend that contract yeah. because they knew they were going to get it bigger. It's the it's it's greed. It's greed. Is this the end of Hollywood?
0: Just, Is this the wish. end of Hollywood, Matt? I wish. Is it being taken down? You know the final nail in the coffin, be? You know the final mail in the coffin, be? What will the final mail in the coffin be? D.M.S. not being in yesterday. Oh, Those no, guys That's guys Amazon video to that's pieces.
1: It. Jesus Christ. Isn't it
0: weird? Um, Isn't it weird? Do you know what's weirder?
1: I, I've got a feeling you're about to tell me, and I can sort of see half the headline, and I can't wait to find out what it is.
0: Oh, okay, so what can you tell the view? I've not told Matt what this story is. I saw this just before uh, Matt arrived, yeah. and I was, I, was, I was dismayed by everything about it. But what can you see of the tab?
1: I can see. Liam Neeson is
0: yep. worried Seth Yeah, okay. So, mm. what do you think this might be in relation to? So, Liam Neeson immediately set off alarm bells because Liam Neeson, beloved actor, possible violent uh racist uh, abuser. Uh, yeah. uh he now allegedly, well no, not allegedly, Master. not allegedly, he said it. Yeah. Um yeah, he
1: didn't He said what he said.
0: He didn't uh commit uh, uh, a, a hate uh, But a, listen, he said what he said. Act. For those wondering what the fuck we're talking about, he...
1: No, just don't repeat
0: it. You, well, you, you he, look, oh, it oh,
1: look it up. Oh, booster. You look it up. just
0: tapped me on the arm and I went, oh, why did that hurt? Oh, oh, sorry. oh yeah. Um, sorry.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Well, sto- I had to stop you somehow. Long
0: story short, young Liam Neeson nearly did something horrible and racist. And he admitted it freely in a press junket a couple of years ago. And every human on the planet went, what the fuck? Because it was one of those things what where it's like... fuck, Liam? It's one of those things where it's like, it was wrong what you did. And you acknowledge that it was wrong what you did. But what's even weirder is that you admit it now, like forty years after the thing you nearly did, and you think that that's an anecdote that's fine. <laughs> like maybe don't ever tell that
1: anecdote, Liam. what he just needed to clear his conscience. Yeah. Oh God. So there Ew. we go.
0: Oh Jesus! But anyway, right, no, it's so, not. It's nothing distressing about Liam Neeson. It's what 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 other thing can you so guess from that? Seth. M-
1: Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Oh God. Now these
0: two have teamed up a few times. Liam Neeson about? was the villain in Million um, Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Um, I hesitate to call that a film by Seth MacFarlane. Um, he has collaborated with him on. Yeah, else. He must have done voices. For He's done voices guy for Family guy. Guys, So yes, which I think came out of them parodying him once, him seeing it and being like, "Oi." and then he got in touch with them, and they were like well do you want to do your voice, the voice of you in Summit and he went
1: yeah alright why not <laughs> um, and this
0: was as he was because again there's a bunch of our listeners will be like Liam Neeson oh the action film guy it's like yeah we still think that's weird yeah it's only been like the last 11 years that he's been doing just action movies yeah like prior to that, that a lot of dramas yeah. romance films yeah. like rom-coms he was not the
1: action guy qui Jin was oh this is different for Liam Neeson I mean he, he was in Krull <laughs> He was in Kroll. That was one of his early action roles. Maybe so. that's actually
0: the worst thing. He, no. Um, no. Don't, don't no.
1: shit talk Kroll now.
0: No, all right. Can I shit talk Neeson? Yeah, all right. Okay, I'm going to open the tab and the headline the is going to make you cringe. Uh, Liam Neeson's worried Seth MacFarlane's Naked Gun reboot could end his career.
1: What, his... His career or Seth MacFarlane's career? Liam
0: Neeson's career. I mean... What is the most wrong thing about this headline? Is it that Liam Neeson's going to work with Seth MacFarlane again? Is it that uh, Seth MacFarlane's going to direct another movie? Is it the fact that movie is the fucking reboot of Naked Gun? Is Seth Sorry, Macfarlane the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Get it is, right, is,
1: internet. Is Seth MacFarlane the man to reboot Naked Gun? See, I'm not going to say, do we need to reboot Naked Gun? Because it doesn't matter. It's going to happen at some
0: point. We don't need to reboot Naked Gun. Leave it the fuck happen. alone. And I know we've, we've, we're we people, happen, we're, we're people who've said, that doesn't need changing. And we're people who've also said, do you know what? A different interpretation might be a laugh. For those of our listeners who are too young, too young to know what the fuck I'm talking about, The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad is the first in a trilogy of films uh, put together by, uh, by the wonderful Zuckers. Um, they sort of pioneered the, the parody genre in the eighties and nineties, yeah. in a way that hadn't quite been. It hadn't become a genre by that point. Films it, have
1: in a way that in, films not into aged well. There's oh, some no, oh, problematic ah, right. Well, no, we'll, get, we'll, in get those. Into, we'll get into that. Well, um, casting Liam
0: Neeson yeah, is not a bad idea, well, then, is yeah. it? To carry the legacy on, but <laughs> but like the film, the films are not intended to harm, and nor was anyone cast in those movies. Because they wanted to platform a murderer. Um, but the Naked Gun movies were a, a, essentially a reboot of Police Squad, a TV series that was short-lived, six episodes, that essentially was too clever for its audience. It's not clever. It's dumb humour.
1: It's, it's not big and it's not clever. But
0: what's wonderful about the Police Squad... And again, if you can watch the Police Squad series, if you can find it, six episodes, it's, there's a DVD version, it's available digitally watch it it's fucking brilliant but it was essentially a gag a minute uh sorry a gag a minute like a gag every 10 seconds level yeah. of punnage like it's relentless and it's delivered completely straight faced yeah. and that's what kind of makes it amazing
1: it, it it's. it's that's what Leslie Nielsen was so fucking Oh good
0: at. yeah Leslie Nielsen who had <laughs> been and again here are the parallels here had been a dramatic shakespearean actor he'd been a b movie like sci-fi actor he 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 was he was a he was an actor's actor and then he did airplane <laughs> and he's fucking brilliant in it yes because he's the i mean everyone in airplane's playing it like it's a serious disaster movie yeah. no one's playing it like a comedy but he is the most straight-faced person in
1: that film just had an uncanny knack mm. for just playing the most ridiculous situation and dialogue completely straight. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, serious, and don't, don't call me Shirley. Shirley. And it's just, and
0: you know, it's, it's, he was, he was absolutely sublime at yeah. this. This straight face. Incredible. He, he is, he is both the butt of the joke, but is so the straight man. He doesn't realise it. Mm. And no one else around him treats him like the butt of the joke. They treat him like the straight man. It's 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 so fucking well done. Mm. Um and, and comparisons I can think of for like maybe our younger viewers or like UK specific viewers who, you know, haven't um, ventured the US comedy stuff. Like Touch of Cloth, Charlie Brooker's Touch of Cloth, for example, <laughs> is, is delivered very much in the same yes. way. Uh, it's also police yes. procedural. Um but Leslie Nielsen perfected it. Um, the network didn't know what to do with police squad because, like, they had people tuning out in the first couple minutes, and some of the test audiences legitimately—this cl- is legitimate—they genuinely claimed that they they didn't get it, but they couldn't keep up. Mm. So essentially, there was meetings during because, of course, it's American TV. TV's the first episode's going out while they're making like the fifth, um, and they're chatting about it and going like, "Do we like, do we simplify it? Do we lessen the gag?" ratio and it's like, well, no, because the whole reason why this is funny is because it never fucking stops. It just beats you over the head with jokes, like, every few seconds. Yeah. Um, And eventually the network just canned it. But the Zucker Zucker brothers, like, chopped it around and eventually, boom, movie deal. The naked gun from the files of Police Squad. Yeah. The films, as they are, very much product of their time. That doesn't mean that they're filled with insensitive material, but there's obviously the stuff in there. One is oh, the third one is much awful yeah. stuff
1: in it. But it also has yeah. the recurring
0: plot with the Queen. The whole Queen well, thing is yeah. fucking magical. Is that the first? That's the first, isn't it? No, the Queen's... The, s- the second remember. or the third? Oh, God. Yeah, the stuff with the Queen. The third brilliant. one's the Oscars. Oh, God, yes! Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Naked Gun 33 and a third, the final insult. Um, so even they knew it to quit when they were ahead. They're like, we've done three, yeah. we'll call it there. The last one's even going to have the final in the title. Yeah. And we're never going to resurrect it. And they didn't. Another movie studios made films similar to it with Leslie Nielsen in Varying Degrees of Success. He was always brilliant in no matter what project he was in. If the project was shit, he was great in it. Um, Superhero movie, as a prime example. Also starring a troublesome person, Drake Bell. Actual abuser. Um, (coughs) uh, Drake and Yeesh, am I right? Uh, So, yeah. um, Fucking hell. It's weird to me that he was Spider-Man and no one talked about it. It's just like, the fuck? No, we're not going to talk about it. Carry on. Uh, Anywho, um, yeah, Naked Gun, really, really funny comedy movies that are expertly written and fantastic, practical, physical jokes and gags executed wonderfully. Obviously some dated stuff, stuff that hasn't aged well. Mm. O.J. Simpson's a co-star throughout the whole thing. That's very distracting now. Yes. Um, It's, yeah, but fun. Great times all around. No need to do it again. Really, no need to do it again. The parody genre was pulverised into utter paste and gravel in the 2000s <laughs> by some of the same people who pioneered it. Yes. But then set it off on its way. Yes. Uh, or specifically, on its wayans Because the wayans ins are the reason why it started uh, to die. Scary God. movie. Scary movie. Very much of its moment. Still very funny. Bit dated, but still very funny. Um, scary movie two, Still very funny, even if some of the jokes are like... Really? Mm. Really? Mm. But it's got Tim Curry in it, so you can't hate it. Um, mm. Tim Curry, though. Mm, okay. Tim Curry. All right, fine. Do you know what? I'm not going to fight so you. For that, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of catching me. No. I'm going to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. No. I'm not going to let you do it. Spreeze! Damn it! scary movie movies Um, are shy, epic movie, disaster movie, all the shite that follows, Meet the Spartans, all this crap, the the, the parody genre has died a death. Ain't that the truth. Because it got to the point where it was just, we're making references, we're not writing jokes, Hmm. we're just going to reference a thing you remember, disaster movie or epic movie, look it's Alvin and the Chipmunks. From that film that came out two months ago. But the joke is, they're evil. Well, that's not a joke, is it? Yeah, but it's Alvin from those movies. (laughs) Look, uh, um, Giselle from Enchanted is in disaster movie, epic movie or whatever. All right, what's the joke? She she burps and farts, but she's from that film from a couple months ago. There's literally a bit (laughs) in one of those films where, in quick succession, Hellboy, Iron Man and the Hulk show up. Yes. Because that summer, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Iron Man, and The Incredible Hulk had come out. Yes. It's the only reason they're in it. They yes. don't do anything. They just show up and they think that that's a gag. A reference to something, just referring to a thing, is not a clever fucking joke. You look at the scripts and the storyboards for the Naked Gun movies, and I guarantee it is like, terrifying, beautiful mind levels of calculus that have mapped out you can see in the script where everything is described for a visual gag every joke you can see where it is yeah there's room for improv but it doesn't rely on it because they want it to be as they want it to be a, they want it to be a Swiss watch and that's why those films work on a technical level yes they're a Swiss watch yes making references is not clever and it's not a joke so why the fuck is family guy <laughs> Seth MacFarlane looking to remake Naked Gun why? Because he All likes All he can do is reference things. Because he
1: likes... Because th- that's oh. that's what he does. That's what he likes. Oh, but the funniest that's joke is the only way to die to... in the West
0: is when Ryan Reynolds is just there. Why is it funny? Because it's Ryan Reynolds. What's he doing there? It's not funny. It's not a joke. Do you remember when Django shows up in it? Like, Jamie Foxx shows up as Django. Yeah, and what does he do? Well, he's just in it. Django. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. So not only is he the worst possible choice to do this if they have to do this, Liam Neeson's not Leslie Nielsen. No. Just because they had the same initials and their names are vaguely their names would sound the same if you were coming off of anesthesia from the dentist. Like that's it. That's that's what they have in common. The older actor that or oh, it was in Leslie Nielsen's case, they're older actors in the later part of their career looking for a bit of reinvention, and a comedy person has gone, Hey, you can be funny. Liam Neeson's not Leslie Nielsen. He's really not. Ugh. He's really fucking not. Uh, the reason this has even been brought up is because Liam Neeson's been doing press for uh, what was it specifically? Um, but, but, um, <coughs> he told boy, told Something. People magi- He told People magazines. This is probably just like a, a, a you know
1: a profile
0: profile piece. Um, Don't ask him about what he used to do in his hometown when he was younger. Um, but essentially, he's gone and said that about two years ago. He had meetings with uh, Fox, probably. So would, would it be Fox now? Be Disney now? I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Paramount? No, Paramount.
1: Ah, yeah, because oh, they yes, because they did. Um, okay.
0: They did uh, Ted, I think. So. Um, oh, god. So he had meetings with Paramount. Oh, god. Who had meetings with Seth MacFarlane? Who then had meetings with Liam Neeson and talked to him about it? And he said that he doesn't know if he should do it because it would either be something really cool for him and a chance for him to flex different muscles, you know, comedy muscles, mm. or he'd come across as shite and it would end his career and I'm like how about all of your careers end so just so that I a man who admires the work of Leslie Nielsen don't have to watch you shit all over the work of Leslie Nielsen I know those original films will still exist but like do you remember that weird time in the 2000s when if you mentioned the Pink Panther people would go oh Steve Martin again a lovely man very talented fuck off those two movies those movies can get in the fuck, fuck bin. Not even the normal bin. Get in the fuck bin. Just go watch Roxanne instead. Oh, yeah, but that was great because it's based on a freaking like, opera,
1: isn't it? It's a play. Where's well, it's a play. Yeah, of course. Yes. The, the new adaptation is a musical. Yes. The one with Peter Dinklage.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, God, that just came out, didn't it?
1: It's not out yet. It got a, like. Is a, it out in the states? It, it no. It got. Because been
0: doing a lot of press recently. It going, hey week- Disney, fuck you. It, it got throwing week- Molotov cocktails at
1: Disney's Snow White film. It, it got a week long residence um, <laughs> for awards season. So it could be out the for the Oscars. It's I not see. out until next until late this month. It does look good. Um, the
0: trailer for it does look really. The trailer for it looks good, good but
1: also completely hides the fact that it's a musical. Yeah, I didn't even know that. You mentioned it.
0: At least we get to hear Dinklage Dinklage sing. Yeah. Presumably. Peter gets his pipes out.
1: And, um, Peter well, gets well, his pipes out. This is the thing. Um, the original French play, Rhymes, It's written rhyme. Easy musical. Yeah, or you could watch Steve Martin do an adaptation of it with a
0: big rubber nose on. Uh, yes. Which, let's you, do which that is which is to be fair, every other version of it prior to the Peter yeah. Dinklage one, like the characters are depicted yeah. with a really big nose. Well, uh, speaking of Big facial features, chins. Segway did work. Chins, huge chins. Segway didn't work.
1: Light, yeah. We got a Light. new trailer yeah. today
0: on Tuesday, the eighth of February, twenty twenty-two, the year of our Lord. It
1: looks like a fun space action comedy fit for all the family, with some cool stuff in it.
0: Zerg, Zerg, fucking Zerg, Zerg, Zerg looks Zurg. terrifying. But he's still got his big poppy gun. Although it, now it looks like it could melt your face yeah. off. I saw the saw the trailer with Lucy before, and she went. What are you doing? Chum? What's the sound it should make?
1: Mm-hmm, you shoot mm-hmm. little yellow
0: balls out. Yes. I was like, oh yeah, good point. Um, it looks really cool. It does it looks really really cool? It does. And I'm, I'm just like, oh my god! Everybody's saying so. Like, at what point are we gonna like see how it connects to the Toy Story? I don't. I don't. Doesn't. Care. I think the fact that it doesn't is better. If you want to do a mid credits gag or a post credits gag, where like Andy's watching it in the cinema, and that's because if it can get a Buzz Lightyear toy, yeah, that's cute. That's a cute little button. Yeah, great, but not needed. This just looks like Pixar have gone. We want to do an action film that looks more like an action film. Obviously, they've done them before. There's there's great action in Brave and The Incredibles, Incredibles Two, like and Cars. Like, admittedly, has really good action set pieces in them. Like, they they have done
1: action. Yeah.
0: But this is the first one where you're like, we just want to do a legit
1: action Well, movie. you look at this and you think there's actually no reason why this couldn't be live action. They're just doing it animated because they're an animation studio. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it It, 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 it could be, you know, you could have just cast Chris Evans and had it as a big like tentpole summer family action blockbuster. Very true. Kind of glad it's animation though. But yeah. it's Because well, animation I want, I want people to go see a, more, yeah. more animation. Yeah.
0: A bit more bounce and, bounce and stretch yeah. and... And uh, tentacles spreading out the ground and throwing people around. Yeah. Um if you're into that sort of thing. Ground tentacles. Um speaking of them, uh we'll talk about Boba Fett in a second, but uh, for yeah, you yeah, um, uh, the second cutest thing that we've seen on screens this week in Lightyear. year, Socks. His like companion for long journeyed space travel. Yeah it it it, it 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 it's it's a robot cat. A, a robot
1: cat white noise machine.
0: Yeah. That's creepy. That's so creepy. I'm waiting for it any second to sort of go shudder, 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 shudder and then do a little flip. Yeah. Like there's like those old yeah. toys of yore. Yeah. Um, it's cute. Yeah, the film has basically shown it. Fuck you, we still want you to buy toys hand. Oh, yeah. And I mourn the Disney store solely for the reason that we will not get to see a load of socks toys on shelves um, in a themed stand. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. If they did it, If they did like a Diamond Select, like, Disney Store exclusive action figure of this version of Buzz. Yes. I probably would get it. Yes, please. I And I own I own a Buzz Lightyear and a Woody, a Jesse, like, based on Toy Story 3. They're mm-hmm. in this house and I adore them. But I will happily take an action figure, action figure based on this movie. Speaking of action figures and smashing them together, the Book of Boba Fett. Book
1: of Boba Fett. A stranger came to town. Episode six? Episode six.
0: Yes, the first four. Last one this week. It seems week. like the first four were the Book of Boba Fett. Last week was the um, bookmark of Boba Fett. This week was the very brief pamphlet of Boba Fett. This is this is Mando season 2.5. Yes. Um, spoilers ahead, because you can't discuss this episode theory. without spoilers. But put it this way. If you like fan wank... Oh, you're going to love this. Wank away. Love get, this. Get your finest, finest trainer sock. I think we need to address... <laughs> and, and
1: tuck it right under the bed of fun. I think we need to address the CG elephant in the room. So, this has a lengthy on-screen role for Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah, returning uh, again, again, uh, in his CGI partially motion captured, mm-hmm. partially stunt acted form mm-hmm. from the season two finale of the Mandalorian. Yes, which looked really cool. It was sort of like a ninety five percent there version of it. Yeah, him, it's mostly there. Yeah, but the moment was really strong, and it was a great like end yeah. to series two of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. and it was the only way you could accept as a viewer Grogu leaving the show. Yeah, because you were like, of co- like if Luke shows up to take him. I, as a viewer, I'm like, fair do's. fairly dues. do's. Yes. Didn't fucking expect to, A, see them again this soon, and B,
1: see them for a third of the runtime. Yes. They've really lent into it, and it's gotten a lot better, even in this, you know, in between the season two and this. Yeah. However, mm. slightly worrying, mm. because...
0: <laughs> Let's get this out of the way before we talk about the episode itself. Matt Hamill
1: was not involved at all.
0: Yep, he's credited. But, it's, but it's, a, it's a courtesy credit. It's like Stan Lee with an executive producer credit. It's, it's for marquee purposes. And he will probably have been paid a fee for his likeness, yeah. maybe. The entire vocal performance was computer generated. That's fucking creepy and I hate it. it
1: with uh, Matthew Wood, sound designer, longtime Star Wars sound designer and voice of General Grievous in Episode 3. Yes! Um, yes! Generally, the situation! situation. Um, but not in Clone Wars, I noticed. No. Mm. Um. So, Even though that would be a really
0: easy like booking, I imagine. No uh, offence to him, but it's like, you don't normally do voice acting all the time. Can we get you in on
1: this? Yeah, sure. cuz busy. Um, <laughs> so, Matthew Wood, sound designer, basically has like a neural net AI program that he fed a load of original material from the original trilogy from Mark Hamill into and then <laughs> wrote the dialogue and did spat it out. Hate- and you know what? hmm it sounds like a fucking vocal performance.
0: It does. It,
1: it's a little little flat.
0: I didn't know this going in. I mean, to be fair, it's because like on, on day one of it going out, I avoided the internet all day and then watched it that night. And um, like most people was surprised by holy shit, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But even during it, as much as so, I was amazed by the scenery, this was this was definitely directed by someone who's an animation guy. Yeah. Like, Filoni made this look as fluid and as colourful as possible, and it stood out from the rest of the season because of that. Obviously, it was the first full episode we spent, uh, not in cold space station corridors or sandy desert-like locations. So it was very, like, visually striking. But I, I spent the whole time we were with Luke and Grogu thinking to myself, oh, just it, it sounds a little flat. Now, maybe that's just because I'm more of a, a voice actor nerd, It does sound a little flat.
1: It does. Okay. But also... Yeah.
0: It didn't take away from what the performance did in the episode, like what, what the yeah. service of the character was, but it
1: does make you wonder if he's going to stick around. But also... Can we not do this? Luke's performance in the original trilogy can be a little flat at times. I mean, especially in... Especially, Especially when he's in, in his Jedi. Jedi mode in Jedi, yeah.
0: Like, the only time he kind of breaks that in Jedi is little personal moments with Leia and, toward the end, in the him trying to get his father to come around him, losing his temper briefly um, in in the fight in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The rest of it is he's sort of adopted that, like, stoic... You know, like, return them now and no harm will come to you. Like, that's his thing. Yeah. But do
1: you know what was one of the worst parts of the Star Wars prequels? All the stoic fucking Jedi. Jedi
0: being stoic and boring.
1: Which I actually one of the things I really like about um, which worked it worked fine episode. in Return
0: of the Jedi when it initially came out because the whole thing was you were like oh shit what's going on with Luke so what oh is- god he's not
1: kidding around he's all Zen and he's doing shit with his mind. One of the things I really like about this episode is you see Luke leaning further and further into that. Yeah. You see Ahsoka and Luke meet. Yeah, Ahsoka you see, back. You see and Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano back. Before Ahsoka seems to be a little skeptical. I think of Grogu. Uh, uh, not of robot of, of of the of, Jedi, of, coming, the Jedi back. coming back. Yeah. Um, because she's not sticking around. Um, he's building his new temple, and we all know what happens to that temple. <laughs> so <laughs> by seeing him leaning more into what he knows of the old Jedi. Yeah. Which is so far distance is from you see where he's going. <coughs> yeah. And you know where he ends up. Yeah. So I think it's really neat that we've sort of seen more of the start of that journey, and I think it fills out the Last Jedi a little bit more. Mm, um, true.
0: I just I don't know. I think, the Mandalorian. Felt like it was playing in different... Pa- the Mandalorian felt like you'd got the toy box for Star Wars toys. And you'd pushed aside the main cast. Yeah. And gone, what can I do with Snaggletooth? What can I do with Face? What can I do with this droid? And it was sort of... It felt like you were playing with things that looked familiar. Yeah. Like, do you know what? Give me a marker. I'm going to colour this Boba Fett toy in. <laughs> like, you know, it felt like they yeah, were doing yeah. something yeah. different. Like, still still familiar. And a couple familiar locations were visited. Yeah. Um, but it felt different enough that it was like, it's its own thing. This one was like a return to the familiar in Boba Fett being a central character. So we're mm-hmm. going to finally spend time with Boba Fett and it's going to be set on Tatooine. So it's like, okay, Tatooine. all right. Intru- uh, Tatooine, Tatooine. Um, it's like, all right, fair enough. But now it feels like they've just sort of gone,
1: what's R2 doing? <laughs> I think they'll use it sparingly though. I hope so. I don't, I, I don't think...
0: I kind of hope we don't see Grogu again this series. I, ho- I hope the focus for the remaining three goes back squarely on Boba Fett and his mission. We will see with Mando as with one again. Of... Oh yeah, but not in this. Yeah, I don't no. want to see him again in this. We'll see Grogu and Mando I want the last we see of him to be him looking between his two options.
1: But well, we already know exactly which one he's going to choose.
0: Well, did well, you hear about the sort of spoiler that's out in the world? <laughs> I hope
1: I know which one he's going to choose because I really don't want... Him to suffer the fate that it would imply that he suffers if he stays at. The One academy. of
0: the encyclopedias, like the official, you know, Disney DK yeah. big published ones from the last couple of years, stresses, in relation to Luke's academy and the origin story of Kylo Ren, yeah, that Ben Solo is the first student of his temple.
1: Okay.
0: So I think the implication here is Grogu is not going to stick around. And he chooses the chainmail and goes back to Mando, which would give us. It would give us the buddy team up we need for Mando yeah. series three. Whether or not that's um, a bad decision narratively for that story going forward, because it's like oh, it's just more of the same again of this show. Depends on what they surprise us with. Well, with no, well, no, 3. it
1: wouldn't be more of the same because we because we've seen. Mando turn away from his creed. We've seen. It, oh yeah, there's definitely got, there's definitely things to explore. He's not got the quest going forward, so you have got things to explore and think for that character, for both those characters. It feels um, like there's
0: another edit of this show.
1: Without where, the
0: Mando. No, where Mando's story from episode five and six is
1: interspersed with the events of like episodes three and four. Possibly. Of Boba Fett. Do we think? Do we think this was a subplot of Mando season three that was then? Possibly
0: put out into it its forward. own series. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see.
1: Possibly. We shall see. We shall but
0: see. um, yeah, like it's cool that he's he's like I just have one thing to do, goes to do it. I love that he doesn't actually see him again. Nope. Because it's so horrible. They know what they're doing. They're but, making you go.
1: No. But he's right there. He's right.
0: There. When he says that, Mando just be. I I know that there's a there's a online kind of contingent I came, that I are came like. Came all this way. Himbo Mando is the best thing ever. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't say he's a himbo. I'd say that he's just sort of... He's simple. He's simple and he's... He's not just that he's, simple,
1: he's uncomplicated.
0: He, he's uncomplicated and he's kind of exasperated by the yeah. Jedi shit. Yes. Like, he gets that Grogu should probably be with his his
1: people, his the Jedi, and be looked after by people who
0: can take care of him. But we think
1: about it, the Jedi aren't his people. The Jedi took him from his people.
0: And... Man, and Mando has kind of learnt that himself. Yeah. He felt like he was saved by the Mandalorians and adopted into that lifestyle. Yeah. But now he's been rejected by that creed. Yeah. And rejected for reasons that, like, he's like, no, I, I did what I did because it was the right thing to do. Yes. So even he is now going, maybe I was indoctrinated. And he still has the dark side. And, and he still has the dark side. And maybe Grogu, like, I, maybe I'm just handing him over to be indoctrinated. So the seeds of doubt are being sown.
1: Um, Which is why I'm interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, you but know, I'm also, also interested to see up. where we go next because we've got R two. Can we talk about R two? We can talk about. No R2.
0: one talked about R two online after it came sassy out. Sassy
1: motherfucker. So cute to see him. Yeah. it was. I mean,
0: obviously, we saw him briefly at the end of Mando series two, but here yeah. we got to see him basically at shop. We're like, "The fuck are you doing here?" would <laughs> be like, let see the kid." Hey, was like, Droid.
1: That's you yeah. thinking.
0: He's still fuck do you like think you're talking to? I love, to? I love that he still has a bit of a not a hatred for droids, but he's still a bit yeah. like, oh god, I'm having to, I'm having to deal with yeah. a droid. But he's no longer angry about them. Yeah. Because like when Artu just shuts down, I guess because he's, <laughs> he's trying to make a point of like, you've just gotta wait here, yeah. so I'm gonna wait as well. And Mando's just sort of like, hello what am I meant to do? Yeah. He just kind of like waves in front of his, his eye, eye lens do, do, and he's do, like...
1: Do. <sighs> no, it's
0: the, fact that the, the temple building, they are a great design. Yeah. Do they have like, to look like spiders? I guess they, they do. They
1: look more like ants.
0: But yes! Ants. That's what they're doing. Oh God, you're brilliant. They carry, you are brilliant. They're, they're, they're on six on legs.
1: They're, they're working in chains. I didn't even pick up on that. They're I was ants. like, they oh, spiders. They're giant ants.
0: You're so right. Um, do you know why? It's because there's been like two other spidery droids
1: in this series so yeah. far and I'm like, oh, no more things. Thanks. Oh, you, didn't, um, you didn't like the scuttling little train driver
0: no did you see that we got the one from Jedi yeah we, we got that back still scouring the desert picking yeah. up nutrients or whatever Well, or spraying like fertiliser or that's a, a
1: Bommar monk that's mm. a brain in a jar holy it's shit not a droid what oh god Star Wars is weird <laughs> um, in Legends that's what happened to um, Big Fortuna oh now it's Granny's Peach Tea yeah it's just Granny's Peach Tea in a jar yeah there we
0: go um, <laughs> good lord but like uh, yeah and the fact that one of them just starts chaining off and they build him a bench yeah that's so cute
1: that's <laughs> so freaking cute yeah
0: um, yeah uh, Pedro Pascal again doing miracles with just his voice and maybe sometimes his body Pedro
1: Pascal and, and the team I think we yeah, say the, the, point, the, yeah the, the
0: Dindajarin collective yeah doing a great job telling stories with an action figure with no face as always um, Rosario Dawson as a Sokotano cool. She wasn't really here to further anything, but she gave a lot of Clone Wars fans a nice bit of She's tingle just there when there she to said like, it, yeah. she, "You know, you remind me of your like, so much like, like, you like your me, father." So much like yeah. your father and Luke sort of gives a little wry smile, or someone types some buttons on a keyboard and Luke smiles. Yeah, weird, um, isn't
1: it? It's weird. Credit a performance, again, it's not I, a performance, you know but what, it
0: is. Do you know what their problem is? What's the problem? They do it. They've learnt the wrong lesson from Rogue One. Yeah. The first time you see Tarkin in Rogue One, it's kind of brilliant because mm-hmm. you go, "Holy shit!" They've got a scene with Grand Moff Tarkin. Peter Cushing has been dead for forty odd years. Mm. That's brilliant that they've got a, a guy like who can emulate his voice perfectly and filling it in and filling this little scene, so we can see where Director Krennic's uh, objectives lie based on his superior. That's really cool, and then he's in like three more scenes. Increasingly more in lighting.
1: Bom, 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 and bom. it looks cool
0: if you are watching it on like a phone or you're not right near your TV. Yeah. It still looks impressive, yeah. but it's like as soon as you get nearer to it, you're like, that's a CGI character. That's a penis. Um, <laughs> uh... um, God. But like, it works better sparingly. Yeah. Leia in full fucking Rebel ship. Bright lights at the end of the film. Don't work. As a narrative moment, works fine. As a shot, is a weird note to end on. Um, But whatever. Less is more when it comes to these things. It is. Luke appearing briefly at the end of Madness Series 2. Less is more. Perfect example. Gorgeous stuff. Luke appearing throughout this episode of The Book of Bob Fett. gave Gave a lot of people feels... See things now
1: <laughs> it's self-indulgent yeah. but I really like what they're indulging in so I'm giving them a pass that's what it is really
0: yeah like it's not hurting anything narratively but no. also I don't wanna there's the moral implication of it all of like where does this yeah end? that's that's worrying yeah, but I'm enjoying what's on the screen like when Audrey Hepburn's likeness was used for like those chocolate yeah units, weird n- and it was like ha. Huh. Okay. Like, she is performing brand new actions mm. from beyond the grave. This is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, if you were to dock to the original footage, or you had someone just dressed up like her character from Breakfast at Tiffany's and go through these things, everyone would look at it and go, oh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. But the fact that they got her likeness and uncanny valid the fuck out of her mm. was weird. Um... We watched Ghostbusters... Minor spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. I won't go into specifics. We watched it this past week. It was Lucy's first time watching it. She fucking adored it. She loved it. And I was like, I'm so glad you did. On my second viewing, I loved it a lot more. On my first viewing, I was like, I can see the Sony. I can smell it from here. It's not going away. It's a ranker's day. And it's everything I feared. Um, But on my second viewing, knowing what I didn't like, I focused more on what I did. For starters... Cass McKenna Grace and everything, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's brilliant um, in that. And cast Carrie Coon in more things. She's great too. Yeah. Uh, and Paul Rudd is a sweetheart. And yeah. I now know from someone who's worked with him on a recent movie set that he is genuinely a really nice person to That's everyone he works deal. with, which is a good sign because it's sort of a sign of what kind of person you're dealing with. Yes. Um, and, it, you know, also all the people on that set, not so much. It's, it's not just a nice. place to tell those it's stories. Just, it's just nice to um, know that,
1: you know, not everyone's awful. Yeah. Uh, especially in that universe. So,
0: um. um. Yeah. So, uh, like, there is a performance in that that is recreated, uh, a character who is brought back briefly uh, in a scene at the beginning, maybe more, but at the beginning, that is done with body doubles, some slight hair and makeup, and a bit of CGI. Mm -hmm. And... This character appears a couple times. I won't say the contexts of the film.
1: I I thought that that beginning scene, the way they beginning shot it is was done, really smart,
0: brilliantly because that's mostly physical with a bit of CGI yeah. to delicately fill in gaps. Yep. Yeah. And then a bit later, you see them in a different context where the lighting and whatnot um, made it so that when I said to Lucy, who's a huge fan of the Ghostbusters. And she adores the original two movies, They're like the first one is her favorite film. Mm. I said, "How did you feel about that? Did you find that weird?" And she went, "Not really, and I think it was because of the context of how we saw that person. Yeah, it didn't feel as like maybe show less of them in that sequence or or make them a little more obscured. Mm. But because of the context and because you could tell what the message was of the film and the filmmakers, it didn't really hurt. It didn't feel weird. Like, people sort of uh, forget that the Carrie Fisher double in Rogue One appeared two weeks before she passed away. Yeah. Um, That's right, isn't it? Yeah, she passed away before Last Jedi came out. Yes. Yeah. Um, But she'd done all her her work on it, bar like a couple scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it was two weeks after Rogue One. She yeah. passed away. And that was you know, it, it, it in retrospect it feels a bit icky. But then you remember, no, it came out bef- while she was still with us. Yeah. So it wasn't intended as like a ha this to our beloved princess. Like, no, yeah. it's 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 just an effect that didn't quite work. Yes. Um whereas in Ghostbusters Afterlife it's used in a bit more of a context that fits in with that world. Yes. And as a result didn't feel too icky. Now if they start parading the effects work they did on that character in another film yeah it would be like could you stop now yeah could you please stop now please for the love of fuck stop now same with this even though Hamill's still with us yes I think if this character this version of the character keeps showing up
1: it's just a bit weird man. it is a bit weird I think just, you should just, it. I know, I know
0: it's a meme just but just
1: fucking cast Sebastian Stan yeah just just recast it, it's fine.
0: Do a mini-series cast Sebastian I Starr. am we can, sure. all ac- we can all accept a CGI jab getting his tail stepped on for one scene in the remasters of A New Hope I... and then having the puppet two films later. We can all accept that. Same here. We can all accept a software version of Luke Skywalker for a couple of appearances and then you cast someone else to play I him if he's in a long sure form. I am sure Mark
1: Hamill's not going to mind. He <coughs> won't care. He won't care. He wouldn't... Of course he wouldn't
0: fucking care. I mean, like, like, Grand Moff Tarkin has been recast a bunch of times. Yeah. Like... Voice-over, yes. He appeared physically in Revenge of the Sith in one shot, an, an actor with a shitload of prosthetics uh. on their face to look to, to look um, Peter Cushing-y. But, like, just recast, guys. Yeah. Ahsoka's been recast. Like, do you know what I mean? The, 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 this cross-platforming kind of thing. Like, Katie Sackoff is playing Bo-Katan in animation and live action. Sure. But you've not got the original voice actor for Ahsoka Tano playing her in live action. So why be precious over some things and non not over others? Yeah, just recast, like just could you? Oh god, because as an actor, it scares me a bit. Could you imagine if they were like, right? So, we know that the performance of Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura, bad example, Ace Ventura: Nature Calls, is so beloved and like no one could ever top it. But the studio is going ahead with the Jim Carrey reboot, the Ace Ventura reboot. So. Playing the role of Ace Ventura, our effects team have done an incredible job. Jim Carrey will be playing the role of Ace Ventura, a role the late actor originated back in the 90s, here in the 2050s, back on screen. He's back on our screens, and I'm like, no. i already been done. Stars. Don't reboot Ace Ventura, again, again. But like, no, you just cast it's a new person. Done, Chris. You just cast done. a new person.
1: It's already been done. I just ugh. <coughs> it's, it's already happened.
0: So that ship's already sailed. James Bond will return, not played by Daniel Craig, but by an actor wearing Daniel Craig's likeness in CGI. Mm. It's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. It's already happened, Chris.
1: So, it, it, <sighs> the cat's out of the bag. The socks we've is out got, of the suitcase. Yes, yeah, we've just got to try and make the best of what we get. True. Speaking of which, um, do we think that... Uh, I'm waiting for the segue. Where's this going? It's not a Segway. Do we, do, we <laughs> do we think that Cobb Van got
0: his fuck me sideways right so this episode opens with I totally forgot this episode opens with Cobb Vanth yeah thank you very much Timothy Oliphant looking
1: yeah. fine he's a long tall glass of he's water a, oh good
0: lord um, <laughs> didn't, didn't, have a, didn't have a didn't have a thing for Timothy Oliphant but something about Cobb Vanth mm. um, Mando's like you can help me and he's like look Mos Pelgos like I've just managed to get things in order after you helped us kill the sand dragon, like yep. we're doing okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I, my my townsfolk, I'm the sheriff, my townsfolk are my priority. I just need to make sure they stay okay. I'm already dealing with um uh God, what are they called. Pike, Pike syndicate, syndicate spice yep. runners. I'm already that opening scene is so Western. I love it. It was so, so good. He's just like, right, here's how it's gonna work. Mm. You're gonna fuck off. And that's it. Yeah. I'm giving you one chance now to fuck off and not show up here again and I will think nothing of it. And then when they kind of resist he just kills two of them and, <laughs> and leaves one left and he's like you take your profit I'll keep the box of the thing you're to give to them and you fuck off. Dead simple. And then when he op- I love that he opens it sees it's Spice which we now know because of this series like it's established yeah. it's a really expensive commodity um, fucking June flashbacks all over again. Um, <laughs> and Cobb just fucking kicks it over and he not give a shit yeah because he's basically looking at it as like y- you're-, you're shipping cocaine through my village fuck that no I'm not having that trade here off it go. I know that's not what it is but it's that same kind of attitude of him being like he takes the the, the class A drug opens the bag and lets it drift into the wind and he's like nope <laughs> not having that shit here no evidence of it it's not going to corrupt anybody no one's mm. going to sell it or steal it nope goodbye it doesn't greet you join Mando. I love the little visual hints of how prosperous Mos Pelagos has become because of the death of the... the what are they called? great Dragon?
1: great Dragon? Yeah.
0: Dragon. The death of the Crate Dragon. The fucking bar's been reinforced with like part of its rib cage. Yeah, as an internal structure. You see the skull of it on the top on of the, the, sand, on the sand, crawler. sand crawler. It's like, what a great bit A very... Subtle isn't the right word. Very... Um, Simple visual storytelling. The
1: Jawas who now... If you
0: remember the start of Series 2 of yeah. Mandalorian, you can see how well everybody is off after the events of that story.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was good for the Jawas because Mando paid them, so they like him now. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, it's just... It's lovely. And he doesn't join Din, and but they kind of leave it open to you, thinking, oh, Cobb's going to... Cobb's going to come round, isn't he? He's going to see that, yeah, there's a greater good here that I can absolutely help out with. And he's like, get the townsfolk together. We're going to have a meeting. like We're, we're going to get our best our best shooters, basically. And we're going to go and join Boba Fett and, on Mando. As a favour to Mando, we're going to go and join Boba Fett's thing and we're going to get rid of these spice runners once and for all. And as he's telling them to spread the word about getting the townsfolk together... A fucking silhouette shows up in the distance,
1: and suddenly, mm-hmm.
0: what is it? Stranger, stranger comes to town. Suddenly makes sense. Wasn't Mando showing up to the <laughs> Jedi planet? <laughs> fucking wasn't Mando. Wasn't Mando showing up and joining Boba Fett's gang? It was Cad fucking Bane. Cad Bane. This is the bit of fan service that I went okay. I
1: People this. still find a way to fucking complain about it.
0: True, but like the Luke Skywalker thing, I'm like, narratively, I can see this being weird. As an actor, I can see this being weird. But like, this is cool, because they're like, we need the Pike Syndicate to send an enforcer. We've already had Dark Cressant in this show. Black Cressant, who looks amazing. And I love the fact that he's basically part of the posse that's going to fight the bad guys. He looks fucking awesome. Yes. What a great performance and a great suit. Yes. Um, That actor's doing so much with his eyes. It's insane. Mm. Um... So we need to send a bad guy. We need to send a bad guy that new viewers who don't follow all the stuff will go, God, they're quite striking. Yeah. Oh, they're quite scary. Um, the same way that, like, the 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 dark troopers were Oof, in um, yeah. in Mando. Like, where you saw it and you went, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's scary. Because obviously they had the weird offset movements. The way that um, Moff Gideon, you know, um, Giancarlo Esposito, was just, like, utterly ruthless the moment he arrives. And you yep. go, okay... I'm intimidated by this character. The same effect. Let's call it the Vader effect. Yeah. You need a character to rock up and you go, okay, I don't, I don't know anything about them, but I know this is bad news for our leads. If you have a character whose fate is left undetermined <laughs> in the new canon, after their primary uh, storytelling period, which was the Clone Wars yeah. TV series, and I think he's in Rebels as well. Briefly. I'm,
1: I'm not sure if he's in Rebels. He's definitely in Clone Wars.
0: But, but Cad, Cad Bane is a bounty hunter for hire. He's a big old ruthless bastard. He's he's a mercenary. He's a thief. He's he is whatever the, you
1: pay him to be. He pay. is to the prequel era what Boba Fett is supposed to be to the original trilogy era.
0: Yes, great example. Um, he, oh, Jesus, he is voiced by Corey Burton mm-hmm. uh, in the originals. He's got a little bit more of an accent than the Clone Wars. Yes, but he's um, he shows up in the period set between Attack of the Clones. And the actual
1: Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Clone
0: Wars. And if he does show up in Rebels, again, I've not watched all the Rebels, so he might not have, but if he does show up in Rebels, that means he's still we know he's still around during the growth of the 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 Empire. Yeah. Um in the events before Star Wars. Um We now know that he survived yeah. the Imperial uh occupation of the galaxy. Probably doing jobs for them, let's be honest. Well, oh, yeah. And here he is Creepy, blue, mullock the glucken faced alien boy in his gambit sock headpiece and his wide-brimmed hat and his leather coat and his big, gloopy fingers with the bobbly knoblets on the end. Yep. And his big old red eyes. Here he is, alive and well, as a practical costume with slight CGI enhancements. Wonderful. Portrayed physically by an actor... And voiced by Corey Burton. Yeah. With lots of an accent. But voiced by oh Corey God. Burton. And... He is every bit as intimidating as he needs to be for a new viewer to just go, well, this guy's scary. And he's every bit as well realised as he needs to be for people who watch The Clone Wars to go, fucking hell no! <gasps> oh my God, they did it. We have, this series has, gives, has given us characters from deleted scenes from Star Wars. Yeah. Characters mentioned in the novels and the comics. Characters from the Marvel comics. And now characters from the Clone Wars animated series. Yep. What the fuck? And then he kills my boy Cobb. Possibly. Does he? Possibly. He kills kills the bartender. Because he shoots Cobb in the shoulder. I like him coming back. I like that whole thing of him...
1: He doesn't kill the bartender. No, he kills
0: the deputy, doesn't yeah. He? Yeah, he, he?
1: Yeah. He shoots Cobb in the shoulder and Cobb go, goes straight down.
0: Yeah. He fucking unloads into oh, the deputy. Yeah. Like, like, it's a laser, so we know it doesn't have, like, yeah. a clip. But he's like, one shot into you, five into you. Yeah. If this were a Western, the gun would now be clicking and smoking.
1: You, you see people rushing to Cobb with, like, med kits, so I am mm. sh- I think he's still alive.
0: By the time you're listening to this, you'll know for sure. Yeah, dear, we'll know were, for sure. Dear um, but, but I But
1: th- I think he's still alive.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it would be ballsy as fuck if they took him off the table. It would be pretty ballsy. Even if, if, if he dies from his wound next week, either, yeah. that would be pretty ballsy because then it's that clear message of, oh, like we've been wa- we've been watching, Boba and uh, uh, Fennec amass a little team of badasses and rogues. Mm-hmm. And if we saw one of the most charismatic badasses from Mando series two die, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe they're not going to get through this. Yeah. Because we've not seen the Pike Syndicate do anything themselves yet that shows them as a threat. We've seen people they've hired do their thing. Like, we've seen like the the, 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 the ninja-like characters in episode one and two. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, if it was like, oh, you guys are getting a band together. Yeah, yeah it's all right. We've got a band of our own. Meet these three or four fucking bounty hunters who are going to rip the shit out of you all. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I just thought it was very cool. I thought it was pretty cool. And he's probably going to be the thumbnail.
1: I mean, he's so cool. He's very visually striking. He's so cool. And if people complain, oh, his face isn't long enough. Just... Yeah, that... that's all right. But do you... Oh, yeah, isn't it weird how you
0: McGregor's like beard wasn't <laughs> triangular enough? <laughs> In those prequel movies. It's almost like
1: people don't understand what uh, art style is. Do you find it
0: weird that Rosario Dawson's eyes aren't two-thirds of a face? (laughs)
1: That's so strange.
0: (laughs) Just fucking... Yeah, it's weird, that. It's like, he's not a CGI character, guys. It's a practical effects costume with CGI enhancements, and he looks great. He looks really cool. He does. And he looks less uncanny valley. (laughs) Skywalker does in a few shots to be fair
1: not much less like I think the I was more okay with the Luke than you are I think yeah it I, did I, not yeah. bother me nearly as much
0: no 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 no. Like, and I'll be honest watching it it didn't bother me thinking about it afterwards thinking like, about how it was yeah. achieved I have maybe have issues with but but little Grogu jumping oh and when Luke was just lifting him up because he
1: couldn't keep up oh it's very good it's very very cute
0: chainmail Chainmail vest. It's going to be the chainmail. You better fucking pick it. He's going to pick the chainmail. Um, Are you guys enjoying the Book of Buffet? We'd like to know. You can email in. You can. BigDamContact at gmail.com. Yes. Tell us about your wiffles, waffles, stinkles, and poffles. Yes. You can also tweet us anytime you like at cast. Yes. You can even help to keep the lights on, i.e., the podcast online, paying yes. hey for the storage and getting some extra bonus treats in the months to come. Yes. At patreon.com slash cast. You get automatic access to the Discord server. Why would you not want that? Filth is posted there. News we don't talk about on the podcast gets discussed in the Discord. Mm-hmm. So go over to that shit, son. Um, but until next time... Uh, 294
1: down. Yeah, six to go. Six to go. Jesus.
0: What could it mean? A CGI facsimile of us will be back next week to tell
1: you. ha <laughs> ha!